Hello, welcome to this midweek edition of the Pinkin.com Norwich City podcast. We come to you ahead of Saturday's home game against Southampton. I'm Dave Freezy, your host, and I am alongside, as ever, Connor Southwell, Paddy Davitt and Tony Thrussell. Boys, how are we? What have we been up to since uh, since the weekend? <laughs> yeah, what have I been up to? Uh, Paddy's brunch. Oh yeah, I did that on Sunday, yeah. What did you have? I'll let you all into a secret. But when I do that on a Sunday, I haven't eaten at all. <laughs> Paddy's because it's all that, Because I have to get up and, as you well know, DF, it's, <laughs> anybody out there is deluded and think we just basically watch a game of football for 90 minutes and that's the end of it. Let me tell you, there's far more to it than that. Mm. And, and then you factor in the, the, the uh, travel, which we won't even get into, the, the another diversion that we faced coming back from... Uh, Sheffield United, I digress. But um, so, yeah, so uh, this is how I picture it. I picture you, you finally fallen asleep. You wake up, and you're like, oh. <laughs> just a big sigh. <laughs> you need, you need <laughs> <That's> every day. <laughs> you need a bowl of cornflakes with it. I think. No, I just think got time, boys. It's all about it's all about the content. So <laughs> no, I basically can knock out various pieces of content which uh, the design sure people can. consume. People hopefully consume, and then. Then we get into the brunch. And at that point, so really it shouldn't be called brunch. It should be called... Fasting with Paddy. Fasting with me, yeah, exactly. So that, by the way, anybody who's unaware, that's on the Pinkin app, which we hope you have downloaded and consumed the content. There's little little teaser. There's going to be more coming on that platform as we move forward. So um, that's the place to be. I've actually found, because we work from home a bit more now, don't we? We're, with technology improving and things like that we finally got new laptops a few months ago didn't we that on Sundays me and you work from home don't we there's yes. no need to come into the office because there's no one here anyway and um, we just catch up via, via um, instant messaging don't we so um, one thing I have noticed is you've got to have a shower you've got to get up like normal when you're working from home because it is so easy to sit around in your pyjamas until mid-afternoon and as you say not eat anything because you're just like oh I've got my laptop here I'll just crack on with work that's what my Sundays consist of. What you said there, just what? not just Rotting not doing a lot. <laughs> yeah, rotting there, yeah, rotting about, eating as eating whatever, and uh, maybe maybe diving into the football every so often. I mean, the the worst is after a game, you get back late, and you notice something hasn't uploaded, or you want to do something so you don't have to do it the next day, and you're well, laying in bed. I, <laughs> I, yeah, I had that on the Saturday when the Tim Krul stuff dropped, and he said. Oh. But, yeah. One in the morning doing work, it's good fun. Yeah. Well, my Sundays tend to be Mondays because we work on the Sundays. Um, so I ended up having a very lazy day and watching Batman Dark Knight Rises, which was uh, which was Dark Knight great Rises, film. Yeah. A bit of Christopher Nolan on a Monday, can't go wrong. But it always feels a bit like I'm cheating life when I'm having a lazy Monday when everyone else disappears off yeah. back to work. Well, um, my Sunday... I got... Sorry, Tony, what was your Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> I, I did the opposite. I actually forced myself to get up and I ran 10k Oof, and this is bad. about half eight in the morning so Very is that good. before or after breakfast um oh, I think I had some porridge before yeah so then I ate after it's as well. tough to do I that on an empty stomach that doesn't like a hobbit yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was gonna quote it but I just I wouldn't get it right I'll tell you a fun fact I've never seen a Batman film oh dear don't tell me you've not seen a Star Wars film, either. No, I haven't seen Star oh, Wars. Oh, come on, Connor. No, sorry. Unbelievable. There's just too many because they jump from this era and then they're sort of in front and it's all muddled and I just think it would take too long now. Shocking. Shocking. I'll, I'll, I'll dedicate <laughs> some of my Sundays to Star Wars. What was the last film you watched? 
<laughs> Good question. You're testing me here now. <laughs> I, I, I think actually people who haven't watched Star Wars and things like that, you kind of have to watch them as a kid. Mm-hmm. I think if, if somebody says to you when you're in your 30s, oh, you've got to watch Star Wars, if you watch the first one and you're not a kid, it, it doesn't. it's not going to have the same impact. No, no, no. Well, because the whole thing Star Wars jumps on now is nostalgia, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, unless Connor <laughs> can remember knowledge. his last film well, that he watched. Well, I really can't. No, I'm struggling. <laughs> Clearly not a film must. No, no, not at all. We no. will press on then with... Uh, midweek pod which we're going to bring more to you we're going to try and have a bit of fun with the midweek pod and we're going to kick off with a new section called the pink and poser which for He's the first time Paddy Dabbit doing a nice pose yeah yeah it should be Paddy's pink and poser really <laughs> poses <laughs> with pad <laughs> <laughs> we're kicking off the Dabbit modelling career right here doing, this um, triple abuse of <laughs> what's the um, oh, what's the Ben Stiller film Zoolander. Zoolander. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen that one either. Makes zero, <laughs> sure. yeah, blue, blue steel. Blue yeah. Steel, Paddy's blue steel. Okay. We'll save that for a special day on the app. Completely over my voice. <laughs> um, right. So the pink composer is: if there was one Norwich City match that you attended that you could relive again, what would it be? But I'm going to ban Wembley because that's going to be the obvious answer for so many people. So if there's one game that you could relive that was just Mad that you'd really like to to be able to relive one more time. What would it be? Who wants to go I've first? Got it. I've go got mine. Go on. So this isn't a game that was during my season ticket days. This was a game where it was like an ex girlfriend. Her dad couldn't go to this game, so I right. took the ticket, and it was the derby three two Simeon Jackson. Nice. And oh, it's purely purely to relive that goal, and just the sheer elation for 20 30 seconds that just went through your body was just it's like a drug wasn't it something and like you can't be it was last minute wasn't it sort of last it was like 94th minute i think wasn't it i was actually sat in this building uh with our news when i was a news reporter with our um local government reporter dan grimmer and we had the windows open so we could hear the cheers but that was about it so i missed that one and then i remember the next week because i've got caught the buzz again and i was sort of (laughs) hinting to him saying oh so you're not going this weekend then (laughs) but no he went to the other games not surprised. Not surprised. <laughs> yeah, that was. I think. I think the best thing about that game. Can you remember QPR fans invaded the pitch? Yes. Because they thought they were going to get promoted yes. that day, and then Jackson's yeah, goal meant yeah, they yeah. didn't, and they all had to clear. So I think it was uh, one of the sort of highlights. Had had them all clear in the pitch with sort of their heads down. That's that, that amusing. Something which whoever was there will remember forever. That moment of pure elation. Yeah. I missed the Millwall game as well, didn't I? I was over you somewhere were. over the Atlantic, flying over to Tampa. Uh, the one I would like to relive because I would do it differently. Is Sheffield on the weekend? <laughs> no, 5-0 <laughs> uh, away at Brighton. No, um, the 4-4 with Middlesbrough in 2005 uh, because I left. No, oh, I left no. Uh, 4-1. No way. And I've never left a football game early again as a, as a fan, I don't think. I learned my lesson. <laughs> I, that's why you're so angry at people that leave early. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you get really wound up. Um, yeah, it was 4-1. I had to get back to work that night. Um, I think it was near Valentine's Day or something like that. And I was working in a restaurant, True. so I knew we were going to be really busy. I had my season ticket in the Lower Barclay. And at 4-1, I just thought, right, stuff this. I'm going. I've which, had enough. Which block were you? I would have been there. Uh, block uh, e, uh, D, we were, oh, our D. season tickets. Um, Lower Barclay. And, uh, yeah, I, had a, I was only 16, 17 at the time. Jumped on my moped. Those were the days. 
and uh, got home to Marsham near Elstrom where we were living at the time and my stepdad uh, met me in the driveway and was like god that must have been brilliant I was like what <laughs> I thought he was winding me up honestly for about five ten minutes I thought he was winding me up until I could get to teletext yeah to this check is it. before smartphones yeah, oh yeah before smartphones and uh, yeah found out that I'd missed Adam Drury scoring a last well no it wasn't <laughs> last minute winner it was but a late winner uh, in a no, four equaliser uh, sorry, last, yeah. late equaliser uh, in a 4-4 draw, which at the time felt like it could be important in terms of staying yeah. up. They didn't quite manage it, of course, that year. But that's one that if I could go back and do it differently, that's what I'd like to do. Before, uh-huh. before I come to you two boys, i just point out to you guys listening that we'd love to hear your stories as well, the ones that you would pick out. And remember, you can't have Wembley. We're ruling that one out. Um, do get in contact on the Pink and... Uh, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram page. We'll we'll leave a post on there. Uh, Connor, come to you next. Well, Tony took my answer, so this just is, wait. This is just to bit. clear up, is Wembley at all? Because uh, the Milk Cup final. Uh, okay, good point. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Wembley in 2015, the playoff final. That is off the table. Okay. Can we have Bayern Munich off as well? <laughs> <laughs> we just listen to it. Well, I mean, how many people were there? Two, well, it's two, two three thousand. Yeah. yeah, it's true. Yeah, so it's a good point. I, I'd have had a job to be there, wouldn't I? <laughs> that would have been impressive. That would have been quite Time impressive, travel. yeah. Um, I, I think, because Tony stole my answer, I'll, I'll have to play it safe and go for the Ipswich uh, playoff semi-final. I was going to say that. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, we should have coordinated. We should have really, shouldn't we? Uh, but yeah, You've I'll, got 30 I'll, seconds, Pat. I'll, I'll, I'll fill for enough time that you can, you can think well, that. Did you run on the pitch? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. And, and that is probably what I'd do differently, actually. I, I would have uh, graced the Caro turf for my presence. Um, yeah. I, you know, Part of me is probably frustrated that I'm, I'm not out there at this moment in time, considering Max Aaron's... Um, and, and whatnot, not that I'd play with him, but similar age. Um, so that for me was as good as it's been. Set obviously set up Wembley, which in, in itself was massive. But to to beat the local rivals, to do it in that fashion, in what some people were describing as the biggest one ever, uh, the atmosphere of the day was incredible. Um, I remember having the, the flags um, all, all over the place and police uh, horses on the pitch, weren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and obviously the pitch invasion at the end was was incredible to see I I was in the river I used to be in the river end so it was uh, quite a, quite a good view of that as well of the whole ground because I, I I used to sit sort of in the block before the corner of the city stand mm-hmm. so you sort of got like a nice view of the whole pitch and it was just full of yellow and green um, so yeah that, that was a, a, a really special day and of course all the sweeter because of who their opponents were what a day I, I was at Portman Road 2003 <coughs> just before mm-hmm. Christmas top for the uh, top of the league at Portman Road Liam McKenzie that was block well, away game. I remember we were right at the back of the stands. Ah. That would be the derby that I'd probably want to read it. But that one, I was actually very fortunate. That was I was covering games with you and Michael by that point, wasn't I, Pat? I was doing the home games. But um, I got the opportunity to sit with my dad in the south stand for that game, but was going to say no because, oh, well, I'll be working. Mentioned this to Chris Lakey, and he said, oh, don't worry, we can manage without you. When we called in our former colleague, Gav Caney, and he, he worked the game instead of me. So I was able to enjoy that as a fan with my dad, which was, uh, which was a really great memory as well. And finally, Mr. Dabbit, well, the one you relive. Well, I'm going to go rogue now. It's got to be a Coventry game. Anybody doesn't know me. Um, because Connor stole my uh, Norwich one. Well, you can blame one. Tony because he stole mine. Yeah, fair, no, so. fair enough. But, um, you know, Tony's fault. if it's a game you want to relive, then um, this isn't going to this is going to be very boring now for any Norwich fans. But uh, the eternal crossover appeal of a football fan, it was um, a game I saw with my dad... League Cup semi-final they played Nottingham Forest it was the era when Brian Clough's teams were um, serially getting to Wembley 
and it was I think 5-4 to Cov so it was just the maddest game midweek under the lights Highfield Road sadly departed and just uh, share experience with your old fella um, went back and forward I think Nigel Clough scored that night there was a Cov player called Steve Livingston who bit of a Dennis Shrebeni in his day he didn't really wasn't, <laughs> he was an icon well I mean it was Cyril Regis was the main man because we're sort of talking just after I think it was the, the, the 87 FA Cup win but um so he, he had limited appearances uh, to impress, and that night he was just unbelievable. Scored his hat, big Ewan Roberts type striker, really bustling physical presence, and just a mad game. As oh, I think the theme for all of those ones, your one DF, the Middlesbrough game, certainly that Ipswich game. What was yours against CT? Derby. Well, yeah, exactly. So just mad seesaw games, cliffhangers, uh, but ultimately your team falls the right side, and it's the sweetest of feelings, and uh, you know. It, to bring it completely up to date, we've just come off the back of another one, that Tottenham game. Any of those 9,000 who were there, you know, a little over a week or so ago, they will remember and probably be talking about this game in years to come. And I think that's what all these games have in common. They're just like standalone occasions yeah. that transcend almost the three points or cop progress. It's just probably reaffirms why you fell in love with your particular club back in the day. Before technology as well. Indeed, yeah. yeah. You, you've, I've still got somewhere. I took a picture, I mentioned it earlier, the Ipswich game, 2003, top of the road at Portman Road, top of the league at Portman Road, just before Christmas, Leon McKenzie, etc. Um, and I got back to my mate's house after the game and I've still got the picture. I took a photo of the TV, of we got the table up on Teletext, which showed Norwich top of the league. I've still got that somewhere. Wow. But I think with these things... It so much matters who you're with as well, doesn't it? Who you enjoy it with. Like I say, with the playoff uh, semi-final, because I was with my dad, that meant that meant so much. And I'm sure everybody's got loads that I they was can on my choose own from. It's a more about you, mate. It's a borrowed ticket. He had a lovely time with us. I had a lovely. No, I didn't. Didn't buy the. Food. You're alone. <laughs> Let's not go onto the food. <laughs> But no, interestingly, another technology, no VAR. Do you think VAR mm. is going to ruin these kind of experiences? Already has. Because you're going to remember, oh, well, the best game was when we had to wait five minutes for them to decide if yeah. it was gone or not. I, I'm no fan of that at all. It's been completely poorly handled and, and applied in England. I don't understand why the, the use of the TV monitors, why that seems to be a big no-no, um, because ultimately now it feels like the game's getting reft from hundreds of miles away in Stockley Park. Uh, you can only hope, and sadly, it might not apply to Norwich now if they're back in the Championship next summer, but in the summer, the powers that be sit down, work out exactly how best to apply. I don't think per se it's the technology, it's the application of it, and uh, ultimately it should be about enhancing the fan experience, particularly in the live stadium setting, and ultimately it's going the other way, and you know, Norwich fans have voiced their displeasure and they're not the only ones. So, you know, fundamentally, if that is the point we've reached, then the technology or the use of the technology is wrong and flawed. I mean, that, that Ipswich game that, that I mentioned, there was a handball, wasn't there? I remember Carroll Road in unison pretty much chanted handball at the same time. But Christoph Berra. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And he got sent off for it, didn't it? Clear as day, everyone could see it. But if VAR would have, if they'd have gone, hey, on, we're doing a check and we're going to watch it from yeah. nine well, different angles yeah. in slow motion. Then Did you see Ming last the night? He like dived into it with mm. his shoulder. Yeah, and I always thought that's not that's not. Well, they're all. changing it next season, aren't they? So they cut off points yeah. about there. So it's giving you some leeway, but under current rules, yeah. Because he he did deliberately 
move into it but yeah Balotelli once scored with his shoulder yeah. as well didn't he so I guess that's against Norwich that wasn't it I think uh, I think it was. Yeah, was that the seven? I think it was. Under Hewton. Yeah. They lost seven, yeah, one, yeah. something like that. I mean, VAR, they're, they're, you talk to a Manchester City fan, Champions League quarter final last year when um, that <sighs> late goal was. It? No, no, no. Quarters, right, wasn't right. it? Um, when that late goal was ruled out and Guardiola was on his knees. You know, when it's a huge. You know, imagine if that happens. England World Cup final, 66. The yeah. goal line technology yeah. would have ruled out the goal, wouldn't it? So, you know. it it's it's going to have changed football, but equally we all wanted this to a certain extent. Whether you were fa- wanted VAR or not, yeah. we wanted fewer wrong decisions. And okay, the, yeah, they've messed it up this year, no doubt about it. Yeah. They've they've implemented it poorly. They've done it sort of um, by the letter, haven't they, of the law? When really it needed to have a bit of human application to it. Yeah. So hopefully they will straighten it out. And it is still. It feels like VAR. I don't want to start talking about Brexit but it's sort of become a little bit like the European Union in terms of it gets the blame for everything doesn't it yeah. it becomes this like beast that people blame everything yeah. on when it's not necessarily true VAR has also got a lot of correct decisions this season what's the one that we had um, at Carrow Road Leicester. most recently against yeah. Leicester in Acho yeah. handball ahead of scoring the goal so by the letter of the law, that one was correct, wasn't it? So they're coming for you. You, can, you kind of can't have it both ways. Do you want to go back to the old style of referees getting things wrong and literally being left apoplectic by a referee that's got something completely wrong, yeah. or do you want it to be available once they've got it smoothed out and working better? That if a referee makes a mistake, they can go and check it so that we well, that, don't end up with these. Well, huge the referee, yeah, the, ref, the key point there is the referee goes yeah. and checks it, mm. not. He stands there, doesn't know any better or any more yeah. informed than the players or anybody in the stadium waiting for somebody in his ear to say, we've looked at it 15 times and this is the decision. And then they, he essentially is the deliverer of their decision. How is that? It seems How like is that the, way to the referee gets a lot less flack from fans now because the chanting is about VAR as opposed to so-and-so getting all the, the abuse. So we're not in that. If that's the case, we've not moved on. Yeah, in no. this. They've just given it to this. Just shifted it. Yeah. Thing. But we haven't heard the VARs a wanker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it's true. It's true. Um, side note, listener, we've been told we're allowed to swear occasionally. So uh, that's the first one. I'm not going to bleep it out. And I, I feel very nervous. Connor's always turning the air blue. <laughs> Dave, Dave won't be here on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Regret to the P45s are already in the post. Right, uh, that was the pig composer. And as I say, uh, if you so uh, to VAR, <laughs> featuring VAR, yeah, uh, with a yeah little side note on VAR. Um, if send us yours on uh, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram to the Pinken accounts. Uh, let us know the one Norwich City match you'd love to relive if you had the opportunity. From true crime to football. Brexit to folklore. For more great podcasts from Archant, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archant. Let's move on to the football and a very helpful 4-0 defeat to Aston Villa at Leicester on Monday night. Connor, you um, you saw all of this, didn't you? Or most I, of I it. dipped in and out. Um, <laughs> dipped, dipped in and out whilst sort of sharing a screen with Football Manager, yeah. As you oh, do. Who you managing? Um, I'm plotting Reading survival at the moment. Really? Interesting. Yeah, I went halfway through, found a team in the bottom three, right, keep them up. I've got a good network game going on with my, my friend. We've we finally got FM20. He's Kings Lynn and I'm Boston, the rivalry. Oh. <laughs> That is some high-level geek. Yeah. Mate. <laughs> that is, that is, um, Kingsley and Boston. Yeah. <laughs> I had a good one with Kingsley. I took them to Lee too and then left yeah. for Lincoln. So. We both stayed down the first year. I was 
literally the last 10 games I was game to game keeping my job did you did you feel the pressure that Daniel Falker feels every week no because I just turned no. the computer off <laughs> <laughs> I lost my way with football manager when my girlfriend at uni we were basically long distance when we weren't at uni mm. and I'd come home from work late and we'd be on the phone and she'd, she'd eventually say are you playing football manager no <laughs> you go quiet when you're playing football manager stop it and I've never really got back well, into the habit this is actually quite relevant to Norwich because I've successfully implemented a 6 foot 5 target man called Mark Beck mm. so maybe Norwich <laughs> need to start playing a bit more direct great analysis <laughs> but Connor back to the game Cutting edge. what am I talking about Villa yeah they're bad aren't they um, that's that's my my summary. Yeah, they've uh, been unfortunate with their injuries, haven't they? They have lost they have. some yeah. key yeah. I, I, I think I think it's going to be one of the big regrets for Norwich if they uh, if they do go down they is, is that more. they that <laughs> 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 they that they, uh, they haven't taken a single point off Aston Villa because Jack Grealish aside, there's there's not a lot of quality in that side um, whatsoever. Um, really poor. Le- I didn't even think Leicester were were particularly great in the first half. Uh, Jamie without Jamie Vardy, who obviously came on and and, and did score. But um, Harvey Barnes for me was the main one for Leicester. Yeah, really impressed. Good, really impressed. I think for me he's edging his way into a place for the Euros um, for England. Um, but yeah, Villa. If I'd be shocked if they're not one of the three sides that go down unless they decide to perhaps. Uh, Changed the manager, which uh, perhaps a little bit surprised they haven't done before now. But yeah, just they gave him uh, a new contract, didn't they? they Long term did. contract yeah. in what January? Yeah, I think it was. There hasn't been yeah. as many chopping and changing this season, has there? No, no, there has. No one's gone for the sort of big Sam option, have they? Um, Watford, I suppose, aside, <laughs> they've had <laughs> yeah. three managers. Yeah, they? yeah, but uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be amazed if they stay up from the position they're in now because they. I mean, it was it was so poor, so poor. So, but do you still have hope Norwich will stay up? No. Oh. No, I, I, and I, I, think, I think I think Aston Villa are a worse side than Norwich City as well. You, but they beat Norwich six one on aggregate. Do you think next year <laughs> exactly. Villa go down? Um, that poses a problem for Norwich. They're I think, in that I, think league, I think it poses a problem for Villa because mm-hmm. of, and, and you mentioned the finances. I mean that's not sustainable. That's no. not sustainable. And and their the way they run their club at the moment is isn't sustainable yeah. if they're to be an, an, an EFL really, club. Yeah, exactly. And and they can't then go from spending a hundred million to trying to recruit that as well and obviously they've had all the stuff haven't they in the recent weeks I think their account came out their accounts came out last week and they've done a similar thing to Derby with the stadium with Villa Park where their owners have bought it and sort of leased it back to yeah. them so it, it feels to me like they're in they're in a, a little bit of financial trouble if they are to drop out of the Premier League which is looking likely so it just goes to show and we again we're pressed about Norwich's <laughs> ownership um, a, a lot that Equally, this, oh, yeah. this is this is the. <laughs> kill it, kill it, kill it, kill it. I've got some hands out there, so. but yeah, it, it just goes to show the different ownership models. I don't think there's one clear answer on, on how to own a club, but I think I'd rather be in Norwich's predicament if they do get relegated than, than Aston Villa's. That's for sure. The one thing I, I guess pad with Villa is is that they have got saleable assets, haven't they? In, in a Grealish, in a oh, McGinn, yeah. Yeah. they have got players. In a Mings, they, similar to Norwich Heaton, yeah, they they have got players they could probably recoup. As Norwich can, if they decide that's what they need, yeah. best part of 100 million. True, but if ever there's one player embodies what a club is about, it's Grealish. Mm, he yeah. is the heartbeat, he is the Villa fan. Um, take him out of that, and you would fear that they basically could do a Borough for me or a Stoke and be threatening at the wrong end of the Championship because he, he is Aston Villa essentially, and, um, and he would have to be sold to plug those financial holes Connor's alluding to. I've seen Manchester United, £100 million, reports of that nature. 
Um, and it would take something like that to a steady them financially, but at the at the cost of what? Because and Smith won't be there. That's obvious. So you know to expect them if we're drawing parallels with them and Norwich coming back down, who's going to be better equipped to go straight back? Well, Norwich all day long. So that's the gamble. They've rolled the dice. It paid off through the playoffs last season. Looks like um, they're now going to maybe reap what they sowed. Here's one for you. Farker in charge of Villa. Do you reckon he'd get them playing? Do you think they've got the players? Mm, no. No, I like Dean Smith. I think he's got something about him. I mean, he built an excellent Brentford side. So I don't think that yeah, it's about the management per yeah, se. And, and, and Brentford are a very intelligent club as yeah. well in terms of how they do their recruitment and the coaches yeah. they employ. You're looking at Thomas Frank this season and what he's done there. They're in the playoffs at the moment, aren't they? So... It just goes to show they don't employ someone who, who perhaps is, is a bit agricultural. Yeah, structurally, yeah. And, and what I would say is I don't think John Terry in that mix is particularly healthy. Right. You know, you can just observe from a distance. and He's waiting to take the job. And players, who are they yeah. taking yeah. messages yeah. from? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, that yeah. cannot be I, I saw think... he was uh, trending on Twitter last night. Basically, a lot of Villa fans going, what's he do? Because we can't defend. I mean, <laughs> do, you, do you think Smith had full say in transfers? No, I don't no. think so. No, no I think... Um, you know, he's very much the front of house character. I mean, he's another one. He's got his Villa credentials. And that probably, to take Connor's point, why he's still in the post, because he is Villa through yeah. and through. Um, and that's probably bought him a lot of credit. And of course, he was the architect of getting them out through the playoffs. But yeah. no, that that is a club I, fit, I would fear if they do go down, uh, we won't be seeing them back in the Premier League. It goes, it goes to show how much can change in under a year. Yeah. Think how, how buzzing all of their fans were in May. Yeah, it's kind of sad, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you know, Norwich getting promoted is is kind of as good as it gets from a Norwich City point of view these days, isn't it? Sadly, with the way that football is, it's so difficult to break into the upper echelons. But yeah, Grealish is a proper difficult player for them to replace. I mean, I, I quite like hearing him talk when in the mix zone after the games. He is a proper Brumay, isn't he? <laughs> and he proper talks about the Villa, and he's he is like a hero to their to their fans, isn't he? So I I, I mean, Hurahan. You know, he's a good player in the championship, but he's not Jack Grealish, is he? And, and there was always that weird, which I never really got, weird sort of rivalry between Norwich fans and Villa fans over Grealish and Madison, over who was better. I didn't mm. really get it, but I've always thought Grealish was a very good player. Since but certainly man. since he's matured, I mean, I, I think he could do a job for a Man United. Well, now there's Cantwell being thrown into that mix, isn't there? <laughs> Grealish, Madison. Yeah. Grealish, Madison, dot, Cantwell. Dot, dot, Cantwell. I'm not, I don't think Todd... Yeah, I don't think he... Well, he's not on their level yet. Not yet, he no. could maybe hit those levels. Um, I suppose Mount is probably ahead of him in that kind of a mould as well, isn't he, at, yeah. at Chelsea? No, they, they demolished. Who did they play again? Burn? Everton. 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 Yeah, Destroyed. They absolutely demolished. Yeah. Well, talking of fixtures, uh, let's have a look ahead to this weekend. Of course, Norwich play at home to Southampton on Saturday. The other relegation rivals, Watford are at home to Leicester. Bournemouth at home to Palace, Brighton at home to Arsenal, and West Ham at home to Wolves. So it's everyone. It's the relegation team's uh, chance to be uh, at home. Uh, so some reasonably tough fixtures there. I can't see anyone I, I of reckon, them getting easy points. I reckon West Ham will win their game, and that will put the final nail in the Norwich coffin. You think I West think, Ham will beat Wolves? I think yeah. Bournemouth will win as well. I think they'll beat Bournemouth Palace. to beat Palace. Yep. Mm. Wolves are playing Thursday. Who would you rather be playing though? Southampton or Leicester Palace Arsenal or Wolves? I think I'd take Southampton. All day long, mate. Yeah. Mm. I'm, I'm, although overall I'm not optimistic about Norwich's survival chances, I'm pretty optimistic they're going to win this game because I, I think Southampton won't be like a Sheffield United and they're not going to be three at the back. They're not going to be a really difficult one. They are a team that try to play in a similar style. They're a manager with a similar kind of setup. 
they're missing Nathan Redmond, one of their key attacking players. Gineppo got sent off in their um, their lost Newcastle at the weekend. So I, you know, they've lost four of the last five. Mm. They don't really have anything to play for. They can't get into Europe. They're pretty much safe. I'm, I, I we, quite fancy this. We one. didn't go to the reverse fixture, did we? We these, didn't. These no. two did. How, what was the game like? Well, they basically got done on a familiar theme based on what we saw at Bramall Lane. They got done on a free kick uh, and a corner, second phase off a corner. So. Danny Ings key to both um, so basically they'll have to be very but far better than they were on the south coast but you take those two elements out I think that was the game wasn't it Connor where Farker felt first half they didn't really turn up Amadou was tried yeah, in that it felt three. like the end of Amadou didn't it yeah. Um, well yeah there's, there's uh, they moved to a three in the back, but that yeah. that actually made them worse when, yeah. they, when they did that. But yeah, I, I think it was. And you, you've said you said Bramall. I think there's a lot of comparisons yeah. because they were really quite bad in the first half, and then actually tweaked it. I think he bought on a couple of subs at half time, and it, yeah, Teti came on and, and improved no end. And they probably should have got a point out of it in the end. Was that the renaissance of Teti? Tete after, yeah. <clears throat> but certainly underlined his, his value. Wasn't that his assist? Oh, yeah, yeah, was, was, uh, yeah. I mean, Pirlo would have been proud of that <laughs> yeah. one. And who scored? Who scored? Is a segue. There you go. Who? Yeah, indeed. Yeah, Pookie. Yeah. 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 As I say, Redmond looks very unlikely. We're speaking ahead of the press conferences, uh, of course, recording this midweek. And uh, Nathan Redmond isn't expected to be back unless Hasenhutl delivers a positive update ahead of the game. But he was ruled out for a couple of months in mid-February with uh, what was just defined as a muscle strain. But he'd been doing pretty well back in sort of England contention. He certainly was a major part in their improvement mid-season, wasn't he, um, Redmond? And Angus Gunn, um, his career is uh, rather stalled since that 9-0 defeat, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's the life for goalkeeper, isn't it? You get blamed for a result like that when perhaps it's not entirely your fault. I mean, bring it back to the the Leicester Villa game um, last. Well, on yeah, I mean the way Rayner charged out of his oh, goal. What was, was he doing? I mean, he had, he had defensive cover as well. It yeah. wasn't like a. I mean, how old is he? He's in his late thirties, isn't he? So it certainly wasn't an experienced goalkeeper uh, doing that. It was. It was almost like what you'd expect from from an eighteen-year-old. It was ludicrous the way he ran out of his box, but. I think mean, it just goes to show how they get punished and that means their mistakes are highlighted more, doesn't it, if they concede a goal and have to feel for him a little bit because, yeah, his, his career stalled and his, his sort of star was so high after he left Norwich and obviously Manchester City decided to cash in and, and that's their model, isn't it, with young players that perhaps yeah, they don't 15 feel million, wasn't it? Exactly, yeah, and, and what, he, yeah. he never played a senior game for them, so it, it just goes to show what, what low moves can do. But, yeah, feel for Angus because it's not quite worked. I mean, Alex McCarthy is an excellent goalkeeper, um, internationally recognised. I think he's played for England, hasn't he, Alex McCarthy? Yeah, he has, yeah. I yeah. mean, he made an outstanding triple save, didn't he? The penalty save was brilliant as well yeah. against Newcastle. Yeah, and, and so he's, he's got tough competition there. Maybe he's one that uh, will be will be looking at a, either a move permanently or, or, or a low move in, in the summer, maybe to a, to a championship club, which... Uh, if, if, we're talk, if we're talking about moving parts, if Tim Krul and, uh, and and that Schalke link is uh, is credible, then there's a, there's a few uh, there's a few dots to join there. I think. Ooh, there's a little debate for you, listener. Would you have if Tim Krul were to be sold to one uh, of the many clubs? I'm sure who are going to want him in the summer. Would you want Angus Gunn back in the Championship next season? I, as a quick go around the table, I presume we're all going to say yes. I can't comment. I've never really seen him play. <laughs> Well, I can. I mean, if Tim Crawl is not in the building for whatever scenario, all day long, he was brilliant that season in the Championship, Farkas' debut campaign. 
I know Madison got a lot of hot headlines, rightly so, but he was phenomenal. I'll never forget that save. If, if the poser had been the best save you've ever seen for Norwich, he made one against Bristol City away. Madison scored the oh, winner. I remember that. Where he's literally just sprung. I don't know how he's managed to do it. Fates, I think he might save the initial one, but then he's up again and brilliant. So, yeah, all day long if he's available. Is, is that the save, sorry? Is that the save where they pan to the goal? When after the well, shock, I thought yeah, it was going well, in. Yeah, literally, I think it was. Yeah, I and mean, it saved it. Super. I wonder whether it'd even be possible. I mean, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but would it even be possible for a loan with a view to a permanent? Because um, you know his value will have dropped a bit. But we all know in this part of the world that there's a serious amount of ability in there and a serious amount of passion to do well for Norwich City. That's. I mean, they'd still be looking to recoup half of that at least. Yeah, you would have thought so. So say you paid. I'm completely picking stuff out of the air here, but a million pound loan fee to get in for the season with, say, seven, seven eight million per deal at the yeah, end of the season. Yeah, 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 makes sense. Yeah. You'd absolutely sign up for that right now, wouldn't you? you and, would. and wish Tim Krull all the best to, to continue his career at the top level because that's a sad thing that is honing into view. But also, sometimes you have to accept that. You know the guy's thirty-one. He's now back at the top level. If he can play for Schalke and be playing in the Europa League next year, when Norwich back in the Championship. With the massive caveat that we hope that doesn't happen, they hope they pull off the great escape, they survive. Tim Krull's here next year and driving Norwich further up the table. But if what seems more likely happens and they're in the championship, then you, you, it's difficult to begrudge him a big move like that, isn't it? Well, I was wondering if Newcastle sell Dubravka because he's well, one of the top goalies. Yeah. Would would he want to go back there? Because obviously oh, he I'm left. Sure, on, he would. Yeah. On still got prop, he still lives. Yeah. Still has a base up there. No, I was going to throw another one in. Sheffield United. Dean Henderson goes back to Manchester United. Yeah. Wilder was very very complimentary towards Cruel post match. Yeah. They will need a keeper if that scenario plays out. He's he's probably going to be one of the most wanted men in Norwich isn't he yeah I think he's going to be one of the most sought after of the players you know I know Godfrey's got a lot of hype and a lot of big value has been touted which of course has got nothing to do with his agent um, <laughs> but um, I think you're talking his agent? Don't, they don't mention it much <laughs> um, I think you're talking Max Buendia and, and Krull at the moment who are going to be the three who teams are really going to be looking at but uh, yeah I think I think Pookie will stay I think I think there's a chance of that I think at this stage stay, yeah. Yeah, the Euros could have a big bearing on that. Well, um, they might not even go ahead. Talking of strikers, different <laughs> <laughs> Talking of strikers, just finally uh, for this section, Connor Danny Ings, fifteen goals. He's had a real uh, rejuvenation as a player. It's great to yeah. see him back from his injuries, really, isn't it? But in yeah. terms of dealing with him, you think Godfrey and Hanley are sort of the the best combination because of his he's mainly pace. He's not really focused in the air, is he? No, he has scored a few goals with his head though this year. Um, uh, yeah, who was it at the away fixture at the back? I think he might have scored, mine. He was Zimmer, Zimmer and Godfrey. Yeah. Yeah. He scored though, didn't he? From Danny yeah, yeah, the, yeah, he scored it in the post. Yeah, that's Godfrey the one. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I'll tell you, yeah. Godfrey McLean. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think that's that's probably the right balance there with, with those two. You've obviously got the the aerial ability and uh, like they uh, successfully managed Billy Sharp's aerial ability. On the <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, said, I was I was watching that goal back this morning. That is a catalogue of errors. Um, it was Zimmerman and Godfrey central defence. Uh, Byram was at left back. Onal Hernandez started that game as well. Tom Tribal and Kenny McLean were the midfield uh, oh sorry Amadou and Tribal were the midfield weren't they and then you had McLean Campwell Hernandez as the three behind Pookie that night dearie me it's like a different 11 isn't it mm. um, Hernandez is just like he's not been here really that was the moment where he came back from injury and yeah. burst iron school against United didn't he and looked 
looked okay. Um, but but yeah, how, how do you deal with Danny Ings? Going to be difficult. Supply line's massive because he's obviously a striker likes to play between the posts. He's going to want to stretch you and get in behind. That's where you think Ben Godfrey would was coming to his own because I don't think he's handled sort of physical strikers as well as, as perhaps he, he should have this season, Ben Godfrey, for me. Um, and then I suppose Grant Hanley's your muscle, isn't he? But He certainly is. <laughs> is I, I, yeah, you, you wouldn't have an argument with Grant Hanley, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, for me, it's, it's the supply line. And obviously, uh, looking down, they've got Gineppo, uh, who, who looked quite good, I think, in, in, the, uh, in the reverse fixture. He's, he's obviously suspended, so that, that helps. But a Redmond as well is, is another. So... If they, if they can if they can contain Southampton, um, then then it's it's going to be an interesting one, I think. But equally, Shane Long, who I, I really like as a footballer, actually, I think he's going to if he does start, he's, he's going to do probably a lot of the the donkey work for Ings, and and then you've you've obviously got a goal scorer there, and it's uh, with a goal scorer, it's it's about stopping the supply line, so it's it's going to come down to how well they can do that for me. Right. Well, just as a very quick recap, yeah, they lost one nil at home to Newcastle on Saturday, but they've lost four of the last five. They lost 3-1 at West Ham. They're, the one they won was 2-0 at home to Villa, mm-hmm. who um, are probably the least informed team in the division, I guess. But, um, and then it, before that, it was they lost 2-1 at Burnley and 4-0 at Liverpool. So, they so. Got, is their away form pretty bad this year then? Is it Southampton? Um, if you bear with me, I can soon tell you. I can tell you that Norwich is, is the worst <laughs> away form and... Uh, you can have a look at Pinkin.com for a story that I'm just finishing off. Um, that they are in danger of breaking a Premier League record that nobody wants because they've only scored six away goals so far this season, and the worst record is eight, which four teams in history since you know the Premier League started in '92 have managed. Since, since football began, began. So is Everton the only one where they scored more than one. They scored two at Everton, didn't they? Yeah, so um, away from home. No, uh, Southampton are... Where are they in the table? They are actually quite good away from home. They have won six and drawn two of their 14 games. Oh, wow. Um, They've taken 20 points from, what's that, a possible 32. They started quite badly, didn't they? (laughs) Because there was... Talk yeah. of him being sat well, certainly, right certainly around, around the point that, that we went to St Mary's, there was a lot of talk about yeah. about Hassan Hutul and whether they'd stick with him. And yeah. I suppose it's again, it's another example, isn't it, of a club sticking to their manager and, and actually getting some success. But I think he, he's proven from Germany his record. I mean, he was uh, he was at Leipzig, wasn't he? So yeah. uh, certainly a, a good coach in there. And it, it was about whether he could um, he could get them going, I suppose. And, and he, he he seems to have done. But equally, he, he came in halfway through was it last season and, and sort of. Yeah. Uh, galvanised them, and, yeah, it? yeah, and got and got them uh, and got them Pellegrino. going. Pellegrino, Pellegrino that's the <laughs> one, yeah, and, and got them going again. So it's clear coaching ability there. It's just about whether or not he's, he's got the players. But with Southampton, their best players seem to get harvested, don't they? And that's that's their model. And then you're you're asking a lot of your recruitment team to almost um, replace that amount of quality that consistently, as as we've seen with Norwich last summer. So it's it's, it's a difficult model that they've got there, and uh, interesting when we talk about it, perhaps as. Norwich aspiring to be like the Southampton model with the youngsters coming through, but equally a part of that is they get sold and, and move on, and then your recruitment has to has to, has to replace them. So it's it's a difficult it's a difficult one. Right. So only five teams away have got have picked up more points away from home than Southampton. Right. We're going to finish off with a quick debate over who should be starting up front for Norwich, but. Just as a little addition, as we're sort of firming up the order for the midweek show, I've had a little bit of a quiz with you boys. See how much attention well, you've been paying. A surprise! <laughs> um, 
so this is based on stats just in the Premier League so far this season um, shout out with your first answer uh, there's only three which Norwich player has the most yellow cards just in the Premier League this Tim Krull no Hanley. no Godfrey no there Teddy. we go oh no he hasn't got any right well there you go I'm, I'm pleased I started with that one Max Ahrens oh, has oh. six does but he but there's a fair few players on four you've got Teddy Buendia Hanley, McLean, Steeperman, Byram, Krull and Campwell all on four yellow cards. However, it looks like Max will avoid the two-game ban because there's three games until the amnesty. He's on six, so he's not going to get another four yellow cards, is he? Right, second one. Second one. Most aerial duels won per game. Per game. Kenny McLean, the average. There you go. Spot on. Three a game. Kenny McLean just ahead of Grant Hanley on 2.9 and finally I think I might need to exclude Connor from this one because I think he might know the answer actually but who has played the most minutes who's played the most minutes oh the GOAT the GOAT indeed team of Pookie 2,486 ahead of Max Ahrens and Tim Krull who are both on 2,430 right who's played the least minutes segue uh, Ralph Fairman, <laughs> I would guess off the top of my head. <laughs> Patrick Roberts in the yeah. Premier League. Yeah, yeah. 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 Roberts so, came on against Palace. I can tell you. Was it? Was I it? can tell you. Yeah. Was that his only appearance? Yeah, Palace it was. Yeah. No, I think Fairman's got less than Roberts because Roberts had twenty-two Palace minutes. At home. That's right. Yeah, at yeah Palace twenty-two games. at Palace. Oh, it's yeah. close. It is very close. It should have been one of your questions. <laughs> <laughs> it should. <laughs> Palace game was cursed. I should have gone the other way with the minutes, shouldn't I? Yeah. Given that Ralph Fairman's exit has been confirmed to SK Brand, he is no more an Orange player. He has played the fewest minutes, which is 22. Patrick Roberts played 24. Dennis Shrebeni played 41. Of course he did. Is 24 enough to make an impact? (laughs) (laughs) He did hit the post at Crawley in the League Cup. Uh, which is separate well, to he's on Trebeni I mean he's scoring goals in the Bundesliga isn't he he scored he one in every 41 minutes yeah. in the Premier League <laughs> well there you go <laughs> he's four what did we say he was four in eight I think he's yeah. in the Bundesliga yeah, Bayern points. Munich are going to come knocking soon yeah. there Questions. we go that is the quiz out of the way and we're going to finish with a debate on the strikers again pinken.com is the place to be we've got a poll running and I'm just going to we put that up and so far we've had 500 votes so, the question is, who should start up front for City against Southampton? Leading the way at the moment, with 37% of the vote, is Dermich and Pookie. Followed by Josip Dermich up front on his own with 19%. Then it's Pookie on his own with 14%. Dermich and Ida as a combination with 12%. Ida and Pookie as a combination at 11%. And Adam Ida is last with 7% on his own as the lone striker so I'm going to come to you each quickly starting with you Pad yes who would you be starting up front against Southampton well I mean that, the, the evenness of those stats shows there isn't really any outstanding option I think I mean that tells me in five, if there's 500 votes and uh, the leading one is 37 but I would be inclined to go with the leading I'd go with the fans on this Dermich and Puki. I think I quite liked what I saw also, with the flexibility in terms of the diamond shape, um, must confess I haven't mapped it onto our Southampton setup. But I think, in the context of Norwich, desperately need to win games now. Doesn't look like it's going to happen away from Car Road. Pookie doesn't look like he's going to score, so give him some assistance, and that might kick him into life. And Dermich, I think, has done enough now um, to have a start in the Premier League and a couple of them as well. What have they got to lose ultimately? So, hasn't worked with Pookie up top since probably Leicester away. 
So let's have a look. The Mitch and Perky for me. Tony? Um, I'm going to... I'm going to go with a... You're going to be contrary. He's got yeah. that look on his face. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I was thinking of a way to fit Shane all three in. But I'm going to go with Dermot and Ida, but with Ida in Ooh. off the left. Ooh. And then Wendy behind, Cantwell on the right, or vice versa. Yeah, um, yeah I just try something new. It's not working. Yeah. So give it give it a go. Ida showed enough at Spurs, I think, to to offer something off the left. Um, if you want to be really ballsy, go all three up top, start lumping it high. <laughs> so, get, 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 big, get big salmon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's that's the key thing for me, is that Daniel needs to be shown to be doing something again, as he did at half-time at Sheffield United. Th- there's no time for messing around anymore. This is a must-win. Mm-hmm. Absolute um, has to be one if they're going to have any chance of staying up. Yeah. So you've got to go for it. You've got to try something new. If you, if you just set up four two three one again, flog Pookie even further, and he doesn't score, then what have you done to try and change the tide? Nothing. As far as I'm concerned, you've got to take a bit of a risk this uh, Saturday. To be even more ballsy, Josh Martin, throw him in. He's got some pace, hasn't he? <laughs> right. That's right. one thing right. we're move lacking on, up top. On, one on. thing we've been lacking, and it's so clear, is there's no option in behind. There's there's nothing. Well, no pace. How, no how many, pace. Just, just quick question for Ty. How many times have you seen Josh Martin play? I've seen that goal he scored. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's better than yeah. isn't he? In the words of Jose Mourinho, you wouldn't know what he looked like. I think he's, like to football he's, he's sort of closer to a Buendia than a Hernandez, to be honest. Right. He's, he's a, well, a if there's any play. pacey players in the mm. academy, get them in. Stick Jamal Lewis and Max Aaron's <laughs> up top. <laughs> uh, yeah, OK. I'll go for... Ida and Pookie, and uh, to quote Bryn from Gavin and Stacey, I'll tell you for why. Uh, <laughs> it's because I think the point you've just made there on Ida, I think he can do what Dermich did in terms of just be a bit physical and give them something airily, but I think he'll add a little bit of pace as well. And then with Pookie, you can just let him float about and pull people out of position, which will in turn give Buendia more space. I'd stick with a diamond for what mm. it's worth. Um, I've wrote a bit about the diamond um, on, on the website, so you can read that, a little plug. Um, but I, I would I would stick with that. Uh, the, the way they got Kenny McLean into the box as well was interesting on Saturday because he he was almost another aerial option. So I think I'll, I'll go for Ida, get McLean in support um, in in that ten roll, drop Duda out of it, uh, and then uh, have have Campwell and Buendia with with Tetty holding. I think that was and one that's the way I'd that, approach it. That you noticed in the second half was there were uh, there were bodies in the box. They're looking to cross the ball, yeah. which is rare. Um, and again, I, I wrote about it, but I, I think the Sheffield United almost forced them into it because they essentially said, right, we're going we're gonna to sit in, we're going to force you to play long balls. And so really Daniel Falk had to adapt to that. And there was a bit of variation, which we haven't seen. So I think I'd stick with that diamond shape and, and maybe try and cause a little bit of surprise to Southampton because I don't think they'll be expecting that. I mean, I'd, I'd mix it up completely. This isn't going to happen. I'm just going to live in, you know, fairyland for a minute. I'd go Dermot up top. Keep Campwell and Buendia as the wide players. Vrancic as the 10. McLean and Godfrey as your central midfielders. Zimmerman in at the back alongside Hanley. And you've obviously got no choice but to play Lewis and Aarons. Um, Paddy and goal. Uh, Paddy and goal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll be the VAR for the day. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, w- I would be looking at really shuffling the pack. There is absolutely no point banging our head against the brick wall once again. They have got to do everything they can to prove, not just go and get the win. Not you know, Leicester, they got the win, of course, but Leicester weren't great. Norwich weren't brilliant. They only won it because Jamal Lewis had a moment of inspiration. They have literally got to hit reset and find a new way of doing things. If you're gonna spark something 
not far off unprecedented and special, a real great escape of Leicester proportions, you know, seven wins in nine. They, we know they're going to need to win at least six in nine, probably, to stay up. So something has to really change. I certainly would have Rancic in uh, further up the pitch. I would certainly have Dermic starting as the striker. I'm probably just about, if you're being realistic, he's not going to play Godfrey in midfield. Stick with McLean and Tetty because they've been the safer uh, midfield pairing recently. Um, and go from there. But with that, those two, that's the goals have dried up. I mean, there hasn't been loads of goals anyway, but since they've been the pairing, the goals have dried up before being safe. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one because that's that's what they've needed to do to be more be, keep themselves in games mm. essentially. Um, but but equally, they seem to have lost a little bit of attacking edge, so they've mm. they've got to find that again. I, I think that means a change of shape and. To be fair, the diamond looked pretty effective. I felt in the second. But half. also, it's ninety minutes. You know, if you're still in the game on the hour, and then you make a more attacking um, substitution, then you can bring Brancic in on the left of that pairing or something. If you set up more solid to start with, that shouldn't mean that you're defensive for the whole game. I think you you are able to change things mid-game, aren't you? So, yeah, I think I, I just can't see it on Saturday. You can't see the no, winning. No, you can't see changes. Um, well, I I think he'll stick with the same shape again. Four two three one. Oh, I think he'll stick with. Pookie, I think Tookie will start. I think, he definitely won't drop him. There's no I think no I can understand why he wouldn't, but um, I think he'll possibly go the same lineup. Maybe Duda out as one of the yeah. other changes. Rancic in, um, and I just can't see us winning. I can't see us. Norwich have to score more than one goal to win games, and and they just can't do it, can they? Two words. Marco Steepman. Steve his day on Saturday yeah I, I mean say. I'd play Steve ahead of Duda to be honest Duda yeah. has gone backwards so after yeah. one game <laughs> well no not just on one game there, there was a spell against Leicester wasn't there where he looked good again obviously he was decent yeah, on his debut scorching, yeah. but otherwise he's not really offered enough as in and at least Steve gives you more of a physical you'd be better off playing the players that are going to be here next season now wouldn't you yeah keep them happy point. There's a lot in the mix, isn't there, mm. to consider? <laughs> you know, it's not easy being a head coach. But I think what Daniel's most likely to do is, just, as as you just said, Tony, is start with the team that he finished with at Sheffield United, have Dermich and Pookie both up front, and, and play the diamond. Mm. But we shall see. It's going to be really interesting. Um, yeah, let's finish on predictions. I'll I'll kick us off. Uh, actually, I need to stick with one because I was on the Canary Cast pod oh. um, earlier this week, and I've, they already asked me, so I will stick with my three-two Norwich win. <laughs> That's that's more. Go- Are they all from open play <laughs> or set piece? Uh, I don't, don't. I'm not sure you have to be that specific <laughs> well, with predictions, do you? Who's <laughs> scored three goals? Time? <laughs> three goals from open play in one game would be more than they've got. In what, what will Tony be eating when they score? Something. Something. <laughs> um, so you've gone so three, three two Norwich win. Last minute winner. That would be perfect. Oh, um, yes. A derby moment of elation to bring the pod round. Um, I, I'm going to go one one. I think. It's they might. They, I think they'll go ahead and then throw it away again. One nil defeat for me, sadly. Oh, two Sorry. one, two one win Norwich. Well, if they don't win, then I suggest there may be more swear words in the next midweek pod than there were this uh, this first one. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs> I, I, I just looked at Tony. I thought he was going to hit a volley of abuse. He'll yeah, save was, that for next week. I was just thinking about the other games. Oh, fair enough. You know what's going to happen again. If Norwich win, they'll all win as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Oh, Tony, don't do it. Right, let's leave it there. Thank you very much for listening. If you uh, get an opportunity to leave us a rating or a review, it's very much appreciated. And this is your podcast as much as it is ours. So please do get in touch. As uh, you heard the pink and poser earlier on, so we'd love to hear your uh, responses to that. And we will catch up with you after the game against Southampton with the usual pod. And then we're going to try and make this midweek full edition of the pod a uh, more regular occurrence moving forward thank you very much for listening we will catch up with you very soon